Hey everyone, I'm Brielle. And I'm Michelle, and together we're the Wine Pro and the Wino. Each week we'll chat about wine and break it down to make it more relatable and easier to understand. And we'll do it all with glasses in hand so you know the pressure's off. I'm the Wine Pro. I regularly teach wine classes and started my own wine consulting business, Viva Lavino, in 2017. And I'm Michelle, the Wino. I love drinking wine and learning about it. So whether you're a Wino like me or a Wine Pro like Brielle, you're welcome here. We share a common goal to bring people together through wine. So pour yourself a glass and let's get started. That was pretty solid. I think that was pretty good. Hi everyone, welcome to an episode of the Wine Pro and the Wino. I'm Brielle and I'm here with my pal Michelle and we are so excited for another episode. How are you doing Michelle? I'm good. I'm enjoying this wine that I've already taken a couple sips of and I am ready to get this episode started. I'm so excited to walk you through wine pairing information today because you are ready. You've got your wine, you've got a mini charcuterie board in front of you that I'm jealous of, candidly, and... I just, I can't wait for you to try all the combos and let us know what you think. Yeah, this is going to be really exciting. So I have, a, this is definitely a hodgepodge of things in front <laughs> of me. But um, my question today is like, how do wine pairings work, right? So everyone has a wine, pa- everyone's always talking about wine pairing and what wine pairing is. And it's like, what what does that even mean? Like you could pair wine with anything, but I guess what we want to talk about today is the intricacies and how things do pair together and what tastes good and what doesn't. That's exactly right. And I want to go back to what you just said. You can pair wine with anything. That is a hundred percent true. We're going to talk about some of the kind of wine pairing fundamentals today and what favorable pairings are widely accepted in the wine world. But if you disagree and you want to pair something that you really like with something that we say might not be a good match, you're correct. I'm a big believer that wine is only good if you like it, and that is true in terms of what you pair it with as well. Totally, and I'm so excited to to see what all these taste, these whining, whining, to see what all these foods taste like with this wine. Awesome. Well, let's get started. I think you and I are both sipping on one of our favorite styles of wine, Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a fan favorite around here for sure. And I'll, I'll let you know what I have in front of me because like I said before, it is a hodgepodge. So I have yes, a cracker, please. I have two tortilla <laughs> a chips. single cracker. One, one single cracker, so it better be good with this wine. Um, two tortilla chips, a handful of chocolate chips, three grapes, three sour candies, two cubes of cheddar cheese, uh, a laughing cow wedge, and I'm sitting next to a little thing of Tabasco, so... Certainly a, a wide array of flavors, if you will. Basically, I had to raid her fridge, and we're going to try to do a <laughs> bunch of pairing opportunities to see what's favorable and what's not. So as you're talking about what to pair with wine, we first have to describe the wine we're drinking. And so, Michelle, we've done a lot of episodes already, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat and ask you to describe the wine we're drinking, a Cabernet well, Sauvignon from Paso Robles. It's only appropriate to taste a sip of this, like as if I've never had this one before. <laughs> That's absolutely right. While Michelle takes a sip and analyzes her wine, you should know that when you're trying to learn about wine pairings or about wine in general, sometimes it takes a couple sips. You need to get your palate used to whatever you're tasting. Totally. And I will say that I do enjoy this wine on its own. This is one of the, the wines that like I can finish dinner and not have anything to drink. And then like this can be my like, after dinner TV wine. So I'll have a glass of this while watching a movie or something like that. And I love it. Hold on, another sip. Yeah, another sip. 
You got to get used to that wine. And this is exactly the kind of wine that you and I could easily, easily, easily split a bottle of and have not a drop left over. Yep, no problem. Uh, this one is delicious. It's pretty full-bodied. Nice, Michelle. Yeah, I nice. got you. Oh my yeah. gosh, keep going. <laughs> nice and heavy in my mouth. Um, it's it's not white, so there's that. It's because <laughs> it's red. Get it? Um, it is. I. It's pretty. Like, I think to me, it's balanced. I think there is nothing wrong with this wine. There's nothing bad I mean I'm very biased this is my favorite kind of wine yeah we're gonna get a little bit more nuanced because I'm a super nerd as you know so Perfect. you are a hundred percent right on the full body and when we talk about full body you'll remember from an earlier episode we're talking about the weight of the wine in your mouth so how viscous the liquid is so does it feel like skim milk or heavy cream I think Paso Robles tabs especially those that have a little bit of age on them are in that full milk to heavy cream category. You've got a lot totally. of body. Uh, mm-hmm. You're also, when you're talking about a full-bodied wine, you're thinking about the amount of tannin in a wine. We've talked about tannin as well on an earlier episode, and we'll get a little bit further into it today. But tannin is that mouth-coating astringency, and it comes with the color from the stems, the seeds, and the skins of grapes. Cabernet Sauvignons in general have thicker skins, so they often have higher tannin levels, which also makes the wine feel fuller in your mouth. A lot of what you have on your plate in front of you is going to influence the way you perceive those tannins in just a second. And then the other thing to note is alcohol. So do you have the bottle in front of you, Michelle? Do you know what the alcohol percentage is on that wine? It is 13.9%. Okay, so high alcohol in a wine is usually considered anything above 13 and a half. Some people will say 14%. So this is sitting right at that high alcohol limit as well. And alcohol will help make a liquid more viscous. So absolutely, this is a fuller wine with tannins and alcohol and body galore. And then what kind of flavors do you get? I get... You'll have to take um, another sip. <laughs> of course I will. Um, it's definitely like a, the dark cherry feel, a little bit more of like the, the darker, like the red fruit, if you will. Um, <laughs> she takes another sip I think it's a little oaky nothing crazy um, I can tell you what the bottle says Give you no idea. no you're killing it that's exactly right yeah oh, vanilla taste- that makes sense and then like you said if I just say the word current it's always right yeah if you ever <laughs> need to describe a red wine and you don't know what to say and you want to look cool just say current no one knows what a current is and if they do, they'll be very impressed that you know what a current is. This is not advice I should be giving people broadly, but it's <laughs> advice that I myself take. So, yes, I was going to say, do you get a little current? Um, so, yeah, we've got some complex flavors going on here. I say complex because when you can taste elements like vanilla or spice, you know that there's an oak influence coming through. That means the wine has spent time in an oak barrel which is very Mm -hmm. common for Cabernet Sauvignon, very common for Paso Robles. So spot on. Hopefully, if you're sitting there at home, you know what we're talking about. You've had a wine like this. If you haven't, please go. Please go to the store right now and buy yourself a bottle of Paso Robles Cab because it's delicious, at least in our opinion. But let's talk about pairing, and we'll use this wine that we're sipping together as a basis. So you've got a bunch of things in front of you. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to decide if I should have you just 
kind of run wild and take little bites of everything and then taste your wine and tell me what you like the best or if I should guide you through it. Um, There's one thing I want you to do first and foremost. We've not done this on a podcast so far. And that is with the grape that you have in front of you. I've made you do this so Mm -hmm. many times, but never on a recording. So here we go. So I have a green grape. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, perfectly fine. So you're already getting ahead of me. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, which is to peel off a little piece of just the skin of the grape and try to chew it between your top front and top bottom and top front and front bottom teeth. It's weird to say, but you know what I mean. Pretend you're a bunny and chomp, chomp, chomp. You'll get this mouth drying astringency from that little nibble that you're taking of just the skin. And that is our exploration of tannin. So that mouth drying astringency is present in the skin, seeds, and stems of grapes. And it comes through when you smush the grapes and make them into wine. So now if you can... Um, try to just scoop out some of the flesh of the grape and do the same thing. And you probably will not have that same experience. But while you chew, um, kind of internalize what you think and then share with us. What is your experience? <laughs> That's good. Good ASMR. People pay money for that. You're welcome. I know. We are got to do wine pairing <laughs> ASMR. That's our next episode. <laughs> Um, so the, the skin of the grape was definitely like, like you said, very drying. I felt like all the, like the moisture got sucked out of my tongue. Um, I have said this before, but it it reminded me of like when you eat spinach and like that, Mm -hmm. like leftover mouth feel, um, where your tongue just feels like it's all like dried out. Mm -hmm. But then the second I had like the inside of the grape, it tasted like a little bit more sweet and sour than I normally remember it tasting. So extra sweet because I had all of the skin part. Yeah. So now you can go ahead and eat the rest of the grape all together. And you probably notice it feels a little more, tastes a little more balanced. Don't get that crazy mm. sweet sour. You don't get that crazy astringency. And hundred like, percent. Totally. This is like the fundamental lesson in how to pair wine and uh, wine and food. So food generally impacts our perception of wine way more than wine impacts our perception of food. So when you're thinking about wine and food, it's fair to pick your food first and then pick your wine afterward versus picking your wine first and your food afterward. So that's something to think about if you're at a restaurant or if you're planning a dinner or something and you're going to pick the wine to pair with your courses or if you're having people over and you're going to be cooking or ordering in and you're going to have some wine there, think about the food first and let the wine follow. And Mm -hmm then you'll be able to take into consideration the elements of the food you're picking and how that'll impact the wine. So let's get tasting. You've got some awesome snacks on your board. Let's do it. So the first thing to know is, and for those of you sitting out at home or anywhere, sweetness in a wine is the opposite of dryness. So when you say that a wine is sweet, you're saying it has sugar Uh, or what we call residual sugar left over from the fermentation process from the grapes in the wine. If you say a wine is dry, a lot of people say dry, but they mean astringent. They mean what you just experienced, Michelle, in tannin. But what we're really talking about is sweetness versus dryness. If it's dry, there's no sweetness. If it's sweet, there's a lot of sweetness. So that's the first thing we'll explore is sweetness and wine. So we're going to go a little bit backwards than what you probably thought we were going to do. So you've got a chocolate chip and it's time. 
So take a sip of your wine. I know I saw. Take (laughs) a sip of your wine first and then like understand how you feel about it. And then it's time to pick up a chocolate chip. Fully eat the chocolate chip. Several chocolate chips. Like put a bunch of I was gonna say, yeah, like get a bunch of chocolate chips. I'm gonna have a nice little chocolate coating. Yeah, have a whole chocolate coating. And what's interesting is and while Michelle is is crunching on her chocolate chips, um, chocolate and cheese, like a creamy cheese, are two things that often completely coat our mouths. So you know that if you have a bite of chocolate and then you swallow that chocolate, there's still chocolate remnants. It's on your teeth. It's on your tongue. It takes a couple kind of swishes of water or just swallows of bites of other things before the chocolate goes away. That's something important to remember as you try your wine once you're finished with your chocolate. I'm trying to suck on it a little bit. So I, got I know, to like get all it all around. Mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sway your answer, but what do you think? think the chocolate will do to this wine you think you'll like it more or less not even an educated guess <laughs> okay and that's why we do this mm-hmm. full-on experiment okay i'm good now what okay so swallow the chocolate uh oh gosh yeah it's still there and <laughs> and take another sip and this time, like, hold it in your mouth for an extra second before you swallow the wine. It's almost Do you like, like it a little more bit or less? Less. It's, like, a little bit more bitter to me. Like, <gasps> I, don't know, I do not like it as much as I liked it before. So, sweetness on the palate, sweetness in food increases our perception of tannin so wine tastes more bitter more astringent and less round round is Mm. kind of what you call a wine when you're talking about it having really great balance like you said before so sweetness in food not a great match for wines that have tannin Um, oftentimes Mm -hmm. the rule of thumb is you want to pair something that is sweet a food that's sweet with a wine that's equally as sweet so a chocolate lava cake and port for example Okay, so sweetness, maybe not the best for this wine, no. in your opinion. I really <laughs> I know, thought I was going really like want it. To. You really I'm want to. I'm a bit to. disappointed. Don't worry, I'll make it all better, I promise. So Good. the next thing we have on our agenda is sour candies. Okay. So, again, you want to take a sip. Not looking forward to this. In my head, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be right. We'll see. Everybody's different, though. So take a sip of your wine, remember how you feel about it, and then it's time to sour candy and sip again. I had water after the last sip, and it made the wine taste good again. So now, here I go. You cleared your palate. That's perfect. Uh These are very sour. What are they? Little sour mints, kind of? Yeah, they're like the... And that little green container, you know what I'm talking about? Like ice cracker, uh-huh. sour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, those are really sour. Mm-hmm. Okay, this will be fun. <laughs> My mouth is exploding on the I side. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. That was a terrible sound. I feel bad for the people listening. We have to cut that part out. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Okay, tell us why it's bad. Before you take a sip of water, sit in that bad. It didn't even taste like wine anymore. Hold on. Like, all the flavor of the wine was, like, completely muted. And it was just, like, it was bad. That was really bad. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I, I promised you there were going to be some great pairings in this lineup and some not-so-great ones. Yeah. Everybody's different, though. So if you're sitting at home and you say, I add icebreakers to my wine first, <laughs> let's talk about that. Second, <laughs> you do that, you. Please. Yeah, let's unpack that together. But you do you. <laughs> okay. I think things are going to look up from here. Are you ready for our next pairing? Thank goodness. I'm very ready. Okay. It's time for that cube of cheddar. Thank goodness. I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> I'm really good at pairing wine and cheese. All right. So wine first. Let me have another wine sip first. of water. Yeah, wine first, then cheddar, then wine again. I've already needed to pour more wine. I'm here to enable. You're learning. This is homework. I'm not going anywhere. This is education. Yeah, you're learning about wine. So while Michelle eats her cheese and um, then tastes her wine again, she's smiling because she's so happy this is not a sour candy. Um, We'll talk a little bit about why Michelle is having a sip of the wine and then the food and then the wine again. So the first sip that Michelle is taking is helping establish a baseline. So it's kind of like doing an experiment. You need a control group. So Michelle needs a control sip. While I've been talking, Michelle has selected a second cube of cheese. <laughs> so she's really really getting, sour candy out she's of getting cheesy. She's getting cheesy over there. But so she's setting a baseline. She is making sure that she understands how she appreciates the wine, what she feels about the wine. And then introducing the food as kind of the experimental factor and then trying again. So, yes, Michelle, time for another sip. Back to back to good again. Thank goodness. Back to good. Okay, tell us a little bit about how the wine tastes after the cheese. It's definitely more balanced again. There's something more about it that I feel like it's more well-rounded. Um, there's nothing that's sticking out to me and everything tastes better. Yeah. So interestingly, (laughs) sometimes when you have chocolate, like I was saying before, when you have things that are really creamy, sometimes that mouth coating creaminess or chocolatiness, you can literally see the chocolate on your tongue before, after you took your bite of chocolate chips. Sometimes that inhibits your ability to taste the wine fully because your taste buds are literally coated with something else. But, and you'll maybe experience that when you move on to the other cheese you have that's a little creamy. But with Mm -hmm. cheddar, especially, you've got two main things going on. You've got a great amount of fat in cheese in general. Um, Fat and tannins absolutely love each other. So it's a good reason or a big reason why uh, foods like filet mignon are often paired with big, bold Mm. wines like Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, fillets or other cuts of meat have marbleized fat throughout and have this element of umami, which is kind of the combination of salt and fat together. I always like great to combination. Say it, it's great. Um, and cheese has that too. Cheese has um, kind of the fatty component from the dairy, and it also has the salt, obviously. 
especially mm-hmm. when you have a cheddar or something. And so salt on in a food decreases your perception of tannin in a wine um, and fat and tannin kind of bond together. So it's really a scientifically match made in wine heaven. So what would you say out of the wine pairings you've tried so far has been your favorite? The cheese, we, the chocolate, or the sour candies? It's obviously the, the cheese. <laughs> yeah. Very obvious. We, we do eat a lot of cheese and drink a lot of wine, so we're on to something. I think so. Okay. So I think the next one is going to be the creamy cheese. Okay. So Do you want me to put it on the cracker? First, no, then yes. But okay. you only have one cracker, right? Could you, like, break that cracker in half? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a large okay. cracker. Okay, great. So first bite of <laughs> I'm cheese. I might use this cheese with my hand. That's, that's okay. First first piece of cheese, and this goes for anyone out there who is tasting wine and food together, try to make your food samples and your wine pairings as you're just getting started as simple as possible. So there's actually a good amount of complexity in a cracker with cheese on it versus just a cracker or just the cheese. So I know that you're chewing, Michelle, but when you're finished, can you describe the creamy cheese that you're having? What kind is it or what does it taste like? What's the consistency? Um, it is, I'm having a laughing cow wedge. It's very creamy, like super melty. Think of like a lighter version of cream cheese. Very, like really good on crackers and you can basically put it on anything. It's like a nice spreadable cheese. Um, not so much flavor, like the cheddar cheese definitely has more flavor than this, but there's still like a cheese flavor to it, but not overwhelming. It's mostly like you definitely feel like the creaminess in your mouth. Got it. So it's not sharp, but it is creamy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of equating this to a goat or a brie where it's, you said spreadable, so you can definitely put it on a cracker or if you, and what you said before was if you're eating it on its own, it's like, you kind of have to think about how you do that. You're like, oh. I don't it's usually eat something I spread. Yeah. It's normally on crackers. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of cheese, again, you're going to have uh, even higher fat content than some of your sharper cheeses. And that creaminess is going to be even more apparent. So similar to when you had the chocolate chips, it's going to coat your mouth. So once you've swallowed your bite of cheese, go ahead and try your wine again and see how you feel about that. That's my favorite so far. That's actually yeah. a lot a lot better than the cheddar. Okay. Um nice. I wonder if it's because it's like the creaminess I like that better and it's also like less of a uh intense flavor and I know I like this one on its own so it's not overpowering the actual flavor of the wine. I think that's exactly right, Michelle. I think the fact that the cheddar was sharp and had a good amount of flavor it did kind of go to battle against some of the flavors in the wine, but the cheese you just tried, you said was more neutral and didn't have a lot of flavor on its own, uh, Mm -hmm. which is great for when you're putting it on a cracker and you want to taste kind of the nuances of the cracker, especially if you get those crackers that have like raisins in them or the the ones that are everything seasoned or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But it does let you taste more of the wine. Now there's a bit of risk there because if it's too creamy and it coats your mouth too much, it could block your taste buds from being able to pick up those flavors. But it sounds like that didn't happen. It might be thin no. enough that when you swallowed your bite, it actually cleared most of it and didn't leave mm-hmm. too much of a film behind. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Okay, it's time to now make it a little more complex. So you have that cracker. So I want to save a little bit of the cracker. But if you could put some of the cheese on 
Oh yeah, that was some ASMR. <laughs> I know. We're gonna do charcuterie ASMR. That's our next episode. That's it. Listen, listen to us crunch and sip. What's my uh, ratio of uh, cheese to cracker? You think? I'm gonna let you do this on your however your heart desires, like however you okay. would eat it. You know, because okay. that's how you would eat it. I would normally have a cheese spreader. Shout out to Heather from Live Life Uncorked. I would use that cheese spreader and spread my uh, my cheese along it, but I, I don't have that luxury right now. So, sorry, Heather. There's a mess. <laughs> okay, so Michelle's gonna experience the same thing as she takes a bite of this. So she's still gonna have that creaminess. She's still gonna have the salt that comes in the cheese and the fat component, but she's adding extra salt from the cracker. Mm-hmm. And salt actually is one of the best ways to mitigate tannin in a wine. So I always tell this story when I'm teaching wine classes, and you can go ahead and take your bite, and I'll tell the story. The chewing might be distracting. No, it's going to be great. Uh Go ahead. Take that crunch. Yeah, that's a good crunch. (laughs) Uh, So I tell this story often that my mom really loves tannin in a wine, and my dad really doesn't. They eat a lot of food, though, that has salt in it. So they eat a lot of Greek food and Italian food. And so when they're eating dinner, they both love the wine. And then after dinner, if they want to have another glass, my dad doesn't like it anymore because the tannins are more noticeable because there's no more salt in the food because he's finished it. My mom likes it even more because there's no salt inhibiting her perception of the tannin. So knowing how you feel about it, it's helpful to know whether or not this is a wine you want to pair with food or like you said earlier, Michelle, the kind of wine that you could enjoy on the couch while you watch a movie without any kind of snacks. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know what you think because you actually really enjoy this wine without any kind of food, without any Mm -hmm. kind of mitigation of the tannins. So especially when we got salt and fat and creaminess, all of which kind of make the wine rounder, how do you feel about it? It was more, there was a more of a wow factor there. Like I felt like I tasted a little bit more, like the parts of the wine came out more. Hold on, I can't explain it better. Hold on. I feel like I feel like I taste more of the wine flavors than I did before. Does that make sense? Yeah, you taste more of the fruit flavors. Yes, the fruit flavors, exactly. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You're noticing less of the tannin, and so you're getting more of the flavor when you add salt, fat, and creaminess. Okay. So what has been your favorite pairing so far? I think we have one more. I think I like the creamy cheese by itself so far. Okay, not with cracker. Not with a cracker. Okay, I think now we, we, have just... a, we have a tortilla chip and a grape. Oh, and we also have some Tabasco sauce. And the cracker by itself. We have, we we have a lot more. We uh, yeah, we do. Prepared. So okay. cracker by itself. Let's do the cracker by itself. Admittedly, I think the cracker by itself and the tortilla chip by itself are going to be pretty similar. Um, but The tortilla can... chip has a lot more salt. Oh, okay. So yeah, so try both of them then. Try the cracker by itself and a sip, and then the tortilla chip by itself and then a sip. Because then you'll know if you prefer more salt or less salt in your food. Okay, so I just had the cracker by itself, and I got even more of the, like, fruity flavors than I did before, but I liked it better with the cheese. So I think I liked 
I'm like starting to realize maybe I like the cracker with the cheese better than I like the cheese by itself. Now yeah. that I'm like okay. thinking about it. Okay, Let's, go gonna... Let's go tortilla chip. Let's go tortilla chip and see if that theory holds. I just like these experiments. Lots of crunching. Oh my gosh, that was great. That one bite. I was like, mm -hmm. I have to stay really quiet because it's the perfect bite. All right, let's see. Basically, I'm just forcing Michelle to eat and drink a lot very quickly on this episode. After I ate dinner, this is going to be an interesting night. Sorry. Um, honestly, there's a weird aftertaste in my mouth after having the tortilla chip. I didn't tortilla like chips one. have a bit of flavor to them, too. So yeah. So you're still going creamy cheese on its own. In between the creamy cheese on its own and creamy cheese with the cracker have been my okay. two favorites. Okay. Uh, we have, I think, two more. We have the grape and we have the mm -hmm. hot sauce. Which one do you want to do first? To do the hot sauce so I can wash it out with the grape. Okay. All right. So I think hot the hot sauce, sauce is going to be a weird one. I think I want you to put a drop on your finger. Okay. And then you can do a cracker, is, but I think you want uh, the hot sauce by itself. This is Tabasco for anyone wondering. So it's hot, but it's not crazy hot. It's not, you know, the hot, hot, hot wing sauce that leaves you in tears. Oh, I hate hot sauce. <laughs> Wait, why are we doing this? <laughs> just, yeah, this is for science. <laughs> All right, hold on. Ready? <laughs> oh! <laughs> it made it more spicy like it yeah. like oh I did not like that yeah Never. so when we talk about something hot we're talking about chili heat so not temperature hot chili heat will also uh increase your perception of tannins so it'll taste more bitter it'll taste more astringent and you'll also likely get more of that burning sensation from the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Burning. Not fun. Not fun. Mm -mm. Have you moved on to the grape? Or are you back on yeah. the cheese to clear your palate? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not realize that you did not want to do hot things. You brought the Tabasco. I know. This is my own doing. And then For I had science. the cheese, like the, the creamy cheese. So good. I did it again. Back, so to, back to 100. Mm -hmm. All right, great. Great time. So as Michelle eats her grape, we'll just remind you all that a grape is a kind of perfect experiment situation. You've got tannin in the skins and then in the pulp or the inside of the grape, you've got sweetness. So it's really actually kind of complex here. It's very interesting because I after having it must I'm not sure if it's the wine or the food or the combination of the two now that I've had the grape the grape does not taste the same as it did when I had the grape at the very beginning so there's way less flavor to the grape in my opinion right now than when I had the grape however many minutes ago as the first test well we have actually exhausted your palate ideally mm -hmm. if we were doing this we would take some time in between I'm definitely force feeding you here um <laughs> So we've exhausted your palate a little bit, which is demonstrated by the fact that a grape doesn't even taste like a grape anymore. Mm -hmm. So I have another one. <laughs> yeah, just not as flavorful anymore. So interesting. So you've got a couple things going on here. You've got tannin, you've got sweetness. I'm intrigued to see what you'll think mm -hmm. the wine tastes like. 
sour. Yeah. Yeah. So both tannin or bitterness in a food and sweetness increase your perception of bitterness in the wine. So Mm. a grape is unique in that, especially with a red wine, red or green grape, if you taste that grape on its own and you do the kind of experiment with the tannin and then just the inside of the grape, you won't notice it as much, but a grape all in is pretty tannic and pretty sweet. So when Mm -hmm. you taste your wine, it's going to taste much more bitter and much less flavorful after a grape. Yeah, absolutely. And I did not like it. (laughs) Sorry. How many of the pairings did you like? I feel like I was just like, Michelle, eat all these things you don't like and let me ruin your after dinner wine. I like the cheese and both of the cheeses and the cheese with the cracker. Everything else I don't think was as as good as I like the wine by itself because I really, like I said, I really just enjoy this wine alone. Well, you finish your crackers and cheese and I will share a little bit more about the nuances of complex pairings. Is that a good okay. trade-off? That you sounds fantastic. Yeah, you get to eat the good things and never look at Tabasco sauce ever again. Yeah, never. I feel like <laughs> still, my, my lips are still stinging. Sorry. Okay, so when you're pairing your wine, remember those basics. So if you're having something sweet, you want your wine to be equally as sweet, if not more. If you are eating something sweet or something bitter, it's going to increase your perception of bitterness on a wine. If you're eating something that has chili heat, like Tabasco, you're not only going to experience more bitterness and astringency on the wine, but you'll also probably experience the alcohol and that burn a bit more. And then if you have something creamy or fatty or salty, those are going to decrease your perception of tannin or bitterness in a wine. So use those as guidelines. It's not to say that you should always eat something salty with a big, bold wine that has a lot of tannin, because if you like tannin, like my mom, you're going to want to preserve as much of your perception of it as you can. So know your own preferences. I highly recommend if you are able to, to try a couple wines side by side. And you can look online and find out the tasting notes for those wines or the different elements of those wines, how much tannin or how much acid or how much body that wine has. And that'll help you kind of like what we did with Michelle, set the baseline for what you prefer and then do what we did. Have a small plate of some sharp cheese and some creamy cheese, something sweet like chocolate, something salty like a cracker and something that has a little bit of sweetness on it but also some tartness so a grape or any fruit that has a skin is a really good option and then if you are feeling really daring have something that's a little more complex like a salty meat like prosciutto or salami those are good things to try and to kind of wrap your head around as well and the other thing to note is you've probably seen wine pairings that are called, you know, traditional wine pairings. So white wine with fish, or we've already talked about it today, but steak with big, bold reds. Do whatever you want. You don't have to drink white wine with fish. You don't have to drink red wine with steak. But if you understand the nuances of how your food will affect how you perceive your wine, you might start making certain choices based on what you personally like. So Mm -hmm. it's all about knowing you. It's all about knowing what you like. And that's really what it comes down to. That's it. Your theory. Wine's only good if you like it. Wine's only good if you like it. So drink wine, but make sure you like it. Yeah. And don't drink it like this quickly at, uh, with a lot of different food 
because your mouth is get very confused afterwards. <laughs> I know we totally, we totally abused your palate today. We totally exhausted it. It's your water probably tastes like something. I I do need another sip of water. I I'm happy that we did this because I felt like I don't really understand what I like. Like sometimes, sometimes I do feel like I like chocolate with wine. In this instance, I did not. But having the cheese versus the creamy cheese and having it with a cracker. I was able to like understand where my mouth was at, especially with the wine that I enjoy so much. So to know how I feel around a uh, Paso Cab with all these different foods is it's it's good notes for myself for the future. Yeah, and I think too, once you get the basics down for yourself, you can start looking into certain things that might be even better for your particular palate. So I know I love wines that have kind of dark blueberry or blackberry flavors when they're paired with something that actually has blackberry or blueberry flavors. So Mm -hmm. especially if you're doing a baked brie with blackberries or something like that, I want a Merlot. I want something that has that blue fruit on it because I think it's going to pair really well. Um, On the flip side, I don't really love a crisp white wine with something that feels to me a bit heavier, like fish, like salmon. I often reach for a red wine personally. And I know a lot of other people kind of balk at that and they go, oh no, you have to have white wine with fish. I actually really like Pinot Noir with salmon. Um, And maybe Mm -hmm. that's because I marinate it in kind of a teriyaki sauce when I make it often. And so it feels a little bit more um, dark or uh, deeply flavored than just grilled salmon with lemon or something. But do whatever you want to do. Learn a little bit about what you like and then experiment. Take a couple sips, try a couple things. And if you need help, join us for an episode, ask us your questions, and we'll do our best to sample it out and answer for you. Yeah. And if you try any of these pairings, let us know what you think, because I'm very curious to see how other people feel about the chocolate and the sour candy and the tortilla chips with their wine. I'm also really intrigued to know what people who are hot sauce aficionados think as well. Yes, absolutely. Because I will never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. (laughs) So bad. Think of science. You're the best sport of all time. Yes, I'm essentially a scientist. uh, I'm going to get you a lab coat. I'm going to get you a wino lab coat. Next time. Next time. We should have gotten you, yeah, goggles. We could have gotten you goggles and like. You know, a protective poncho or something. It's true. Just in case. Yeah. Next time. Next time. All right. Well, I am so happy that we did this. And I definitely think I learned a lot. I will use these tips going forward. Well, I can't wait to pair many, many more wines with many, many more foods with you in person very soon. And for all of you out there, if you have wines that you want us to try, questions you want us to answer, or pairings you want us to experiment with, Let us know. We would love to answer your questions and try all of the wines. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, if you're a wino and want to learn more about wine, check out Brielle's business, Viva Livino, and sign up for a wine class. And make sure to follow along on Instagram at The Wine Pro and The Wino for lots of fun wine content, and subscribe to us here. If you get a chance, we'd love you to give us a five-star review. We hear it helps. New episodes drop every Monday, so we hope you'll tune in. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait to sip with you next time. Cheers! Cheers.